0: iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store.
1: At 7.48 this morning, a bomb exploded on a train outside of Chicago, killing everyone on board.
0: What is my mission? A secret program called The Source Code will send you back in time to relive the last eight minutes of a passenger's life on that train. Find the bomb, and you'll find the bomber.
1: What would
2: you do if you knew you had less than eight minutes to live?
1: I'd make those seconds count.
2: Welcome back, Emma
1: I was unable to find the bomber. We've been informed there will be another attack in six hours. If you find the bomber, the next attack can be prevented. As always, you will have eight minutes.
2: It's the same train, but it's different. You're kind of freaking me out. I want to go back in. I'm going to save her. You can't.
1: doesn't work that way. Christina is dead.
2: Try and stop me.
1: Sean! Get back! Source code.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's guest moderator, Mike Sampson from JoeBlow.com, and tonight's guests, Jake Gyllenhaal, Michelle Monaghan, and Duncan Jones.
0: Wow, I didn't know you could fit this many people in an Apple store <laughs> That's incredible
3: Well, on behalf of everyone here Thank you guys each all... for
2: coming out To talk about
3: uh, Source Code Has anybody in the audience seen the movie yet? Uh, an advanced screening? <laughs> A few people A few people
2: uh, and We be- just wanted to say before we get started That uh, we just heard that our, our movie was certified Fresh on RottenTomatoes.com So we wanted to just throw out some t-shirts That say fresh on them to you guys so There you go Psycho-basketball game here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're kind of
3: proud of that. <laughs> the best-reviewed studio movie of the year so far. That's wow. what they say, and it's only January 2nd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. something.
3: So we're all familiar, Duncan, with, uh, with your work on Moon, which was a fantastic sci-fi movie. Is that, cool? yes, yeah, thank you, honey. And Jake and Michelle, when did you first see Moon and kind of become aware of Duncan as a writer-director
1: uh, Yeah, Wizard. I mean, as, as it came out, you know, uh, I, like most people, I think when, uh, when I saw that movie, I was, I was just blown away uh, by your direction and your storytelling and, and certainly by Sam Rockwell's performance. So um, when I found out that Jake, of course, was attached to source code and, and Duncan was as well, um, yeah, I was pretty much on board, you know, at that point.
2: What's Moon?
1: <laughs> this little
2: movie. I just like his you, name you was Dunkin' Jones, is. and I Boone. thought, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were making jokes, alliteration jokes last night when we were a little tired uh, post screening, and we called his movie Boon, which I thought was really cool. The Bunkin' Bones, the director of Boon, <laughs> is what we were saying. Anyway, we're a little tired. <laughs> I first saw Moon uh, and. I just thought it was extraordinary, you know. I think there are certain movies for generations in particular where you feel like, you know, it speaks to you somehow psychologically. And also just as a director, I saw that visually, rhythmically, everything about it was like something new, that it felt like it wasn't derivative. Clearly it had influences, but it was its own voice. And Sam Rockwell's performance was amazing in it. And so I met with Duncan because I just desperately wanted to maybe work with him. And I like slipped him the script and it was like, hey, we check this out and see if you like it. And four days later, he was like, I really like it. I want to make it, which was a crazy surprise. So that's how.
3: And that was source code, that script. That was source code, yeah. So what about Duncan's kind of work that you thought would be a great fit for you and for the material that you had read? Because you had read Ben's script and I loved it.
2: To be honest, it was a it was a shot in the dark. It was like when somebody says, "Who's your top choice to do something? Who would you desperately want to work with?" And you go, "Like, well, I'd like to work with Duncan Jones, you know," and then they go, "Okay, we'll send it to him." I never thought Duncan would. There was there's nothing about Duncan I thought was right about this project. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean obviously there are there are there are interesting, uh, you know. Correlations with both movies in terms of senses of isolation, but more than anything, I just love the fact that he had his own voice and that 's what this movie needed that 's what the script needed someone who was going to take something that could seemingly go one way and make it their own and that and I knew that he would do that so now that you have the script you 've met with Jake, what do you
3: bring to the existing project? I mean you were a former philosophy major, so you have that kind of background as well you um, studied, you know, a lot. so you bring a lot of your own
0: creativity to it. What did you bring to Ben's existing script to kind of make it a little more yours? Well, I mean, I, I love the fact, when I, when I read the script for the first time, I read it just as what I would imagine an audience member would see it as. And I love the pace of the script. I thought there was so many opportunities as far as there's a mystery in there, there's a thriller, there's action, and then there's this really f- interesting science fiction conceit at the heart of it. But the one thing I wasn't sure that I, I felt was the was tonally what where it was going to play. And I felt, you know, it, if done a different way, this film could take itself very seriously, or you could lighten the tone, you could find ways to inject some humor into it and sort of keep it really entertaining and keep it fun. And and that's really what my my approach was. And that's when I talked to Jake about the script. That was what I was saying. That that's the approach that I wanted to take. And, and fortunately, you know, he agreed and felt the same way.
3: Was well, it because of having a, uh, somebody like Jake who's talented as a comedic style actor as well as kind of being uh, the, the male action archetype or was that just
0: based on the page itself? It's based on the page, really. I mean, I, I, I love the science fiction idea at the heart of it, but I am a science fiction fan myself. And I really see, you know, science fiction kind of falls into two camps for me, hard sci-fi and soft sci-fi. And if you, if you imagine hard sci-fi as being where... You can sort of see how the the science fiction future could... You could get to it from the world that we live in today, sort of by evolution or just technological innovations. And soft sci-fi is where it's a little bit more fantastical, a little bit more magical, and things don't necessarily have to be explained. Time travel, parallel realities, things like that... They kind of reside in the gray area between those two things. Theoretically, they all have rules which are understandable and make sense, but how we get from the world we're in today to that world is, is something, something that I, I don't necessarily see how we get there.
3: Interesting. And I mean, there, there are so many heady ideas like that in this movie, so as you're kind of developing it, how do you make sure that those ideas are still there and it's a smart action movie while still being accessible
0: to modern audiences? Well, I think Ben did a really good job of, um, of, of writing a script that, that gave you just enough explanation and, and exposition so that you understand what the rules are. And I think that's the important thing, is you can, you can really cut them down to the bare bones, the rules, so that you can understand what the science fiction conceit is. But then you ask the audience to take a little bit of a leap of faith... And you, you know, with the humor and with the lightness and the, and the action and all, all, the, all the rest, you, you know, ask them to, to just take that leap of faith and enjoy the ride. And I think that's what, what work, works about Source Code. Yeah. So now you've got Jake as your star, but just as important, you need a female lead that isn't
3: just the girl on the train. You need yeah. somebody that is basically the audience surrogate. Um, so yeah. how did it come to be that you worked with Michelle to kind of develop that character into just
0: more than well, the, the damsel in distress? I had seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang um, and, and, and also had a chance to, to I, I knew Shane Black a little bit and I talked to him about what it was like for him working with Michelle and uh, he had an amazing time with, you know, working with Michelle and said that she's just so much fun and improvisational and brave. And I think for me, that it's that last part of it which I think is the, is the most exciting as a director, to have someone who's, who's got a very strong idea of what they want to do themselves, but is also brave enough to take on my suggestions and find ways to incorporate them as well. Because as a director, you, you want to know that your actors have a handle on what they're trying to do, but you also want to be able to, to give them suggestions and, and not have them just ignored, but find a way to work them in there. And what about you as an actress? When
3: you're playing this character, what can you bring to it? I mean, a lot of those scenes are can be repetitive and that could be frustrating for an actress. So what do you bring to that as you do each eight minutes?
1: Well, I I mean, I think that was kind of what intrigued me most about doing it was um, the idea that it was kind of daunting, I suppose. Um, But I knew going into it, it wasn't what Duncan wanted nor what Jake wanted was the the same eight minutes over and over again. And it was very clear from the start that we wanted to have each source code, each eight minutes, tonally change. And uh, so... Because of the nature of this, the same eight minutes, it was. I prob- I mean, we kind of plotted out each source code, and we each um, we kind of figured out what, what the tone of each one was going to be, and um, in ways and how we were going to incorporate and, uh, pieces of puzzle. Uh, so for me, it was just a matter of kind of creating a backstory, I guess, um, for this character, and um, and then that would be sort of the um, the stepping stone, I guess, into each each eight minutes.
3: So as you're filming, I mean, did you have to separate the two stories? I mean, your story is almost
1: <laughs> I, drastically I, that's different exactly from what was going on
3: with Jake and Vera and, uh, yeah. and Jeffrey's characters. Yeah,
1: I just, I just separated yeah. the science from the emotion and just kept it really simple for me. We yeah.
2: also had a way of, particularly in the first scene and then as they went on, we were, we were a little flummoxed by the whole situation mm-hmm. of how the dialogue went between the two characters. Because we
1: shot it chronologically as well. We did, yeah. Is, um, sorry to interrupt but it makes a when we're trying to figure out each source code it was very very helpful sorry to interrupt no
2: like we we did this thing where we would michelle we sort of wrote alternate dialogue for michelle's coverage so when the camera's on michelle obviously i would say i'd have different responses for her so that it wasn't so disorienting for her so she would say stuff like i took your advice it was very good advice which is the first line of the movie Mm -hmm. and then and i said oh well thanks you know Mm -hmm. i mean i you know so she was a little less disoriented but she and then when it came to ch- shoot my side we had an alternate version where i would say she would i would say i'm, I'm my name is captain coulter steven she'd be like okay it's okay calm down you know like, <laughs> and, and and so in a way when he when it was put together it was like it, it's just as jarring because we couldn't really respond to each mm-hmm. other without going what excuse me yeah. are you crazy you know so everything was sort of set up like that mm-hmm. So at what point during um, your
3: pre-production phase did you decide to shoot chronologically? Because that is obviously not the way normal movies are shot and that can be um, an extra strain on the production. Why did you decide that was important and, and kind of when along your route did you decide to do that?
0: Um, I think it was really, you know, it's, it's, a, it's something you literally have to calculate how much time things are going to take when you're shooting. And we had this beautiful set that we built up in Montreal of the inside of the train that was up on a gimbal. Uh, which is basically a device that allows you to rock the set so you get the, the, the sense of motion of the train. Um, taking apart the walls of that train so you could shoot the various angles that we wanted was going to take a certain amount of time. And we basically had to calculate, if we do decide to shoot chronologically, are we, are we going to have the time to do that properly and still move the camera around the way we want to as the movie progresses? And it, and it just became pretty much a math problem at that point and it was just working out if there was going to be time to do it. I, you know, my priority was obviously to give Jake and Michelle an environment where they could perform and, and, and feel comfortable developing their, their characters. Um, and at the same time, I had to keep a, you know, find a way to balance that with the, with the technical needs of, of how we had to shoot the film.
3: Yeah, and you mentioned letting these guys have some kind of free reign over some of their dialogue. Uh, how important was that to you guys to be able to kind of improv as you go and to be able to and and to have Duncan tell you when it's too much or bring it back or let it go explore that a little further?
1: I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's a great freedom to have. I mean, Duncan's uh, extraordinarily collaborative in that way um, and not necessarily precious. I mean, we had to some extent repeat the same eight minutes, but also... Um, you know we we really played around with the di- the dialogue and i think we had more freedom as the uh source codes went along
2: i think we um, discovered too that particularly with your character you know there were there were lines written and things that felt like they they could they would force they would force michelle particularly into one idea mm-hmm. because as, like you said you know instead of just being the the girl on the mm-hmm. train mm-hmm. you know to have it be real we had to open it up like we had to make it However she would respond. That that was the biggest thing. Because my character has to hit points in terms of Mm -hmm. telling things and where we're going in the pod. But we would... And she's so amazing at improvisation that she would really, like, lead the scene Mm -hmm. in that way. And then I think things came out of it. Like, more things came out and were real in the love story Mm -hmm. as a result. I mean, I
0: think the structural stuff, we we sort of did our homework during Mm -hmm. that week of rehearsal that we had before we started shooting. Mm-hmm. So that by the time we did start shooting, we kind of knew what the A to B was exactly of each right. scene, where we had to get mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So now Duncan, you shot this on
3: both film, regular 35mm, and then also on the red camera, digital as well. Why did you decide to
0: go kind of both cameras, and, and when did you use one, and when did you use the other? Well, I mean, uh, for, for, the, for those people who haven't had the chance to see the film, I, I don't want to give too much away, but there are, there are different environments in which Colter, Jake's character finds himself, and um, you know the, it, it was really important that they had very different, you know, distinguishable uh, visual cues, so the audience had a real sense of that of those differences. Um, so we used the film camera on the on the uh, on the inside of the train, an environment we call the lab. Then all of our beautiful photography over over Chicago um, and at the train station, um, and then we have this in, this very special environment. it's sort of a, a sort of a holding area for 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 colter between missions and uh, we call that the pod and that was shot on the red camera and it was really about creating a, a a significantly different feel to to that particular environment the pod does that give you any more freedom as an actor because with
3: the the digital you don't have to reset you can just just roll until the hard drive is full i mean is that uh...
2: without a doubt i mean uh we were we just came from uh watching the movie again and talking about it and i i didn't i didn't Realized when I was watching it that within that I don't within the pod world, you know uh, the images that are on the screen I don't see any of them I just imagined all of them it's all green screen when I was shooting it so you know in a lot of ways you can think of that as as confining and in many ways the the atmosphere of the pod itself was very confining I mean Duncan created a world in which I felt pretty isolated but I actually felt very free because of the digital camera the digital camera allowed yeah it did like you said allowed you know we could keep rolling for for twenty minutes you know it was like we could go back to the beginning he could say go back to this part let's go without cutting anything so we never lost momentum and so the scene it felt very theatrical and at least duncan got a sense that my strength is not in stops and starts it really is in playing the whole scene out and i think most actors work that way you know we we it's nice to feel the whole scene
0: all the way through kevin spacey will only work one syllable at a time that he likes to cut (laughs) And then I join them all together in the edit.
2: (laughs) Most average actors (laughs) like to
0: play it
3: all the way out. So you had mentioned feeling a little bit isolated when when filming in that pad. Did that help you with the character who is quite isolated in in both of his environments, actually? Um, So did that kind of working in that environment kind of help you with the character? And Duncan, was that kind of intentional? Do you kind of feed on that emotion in your actors and kind of put them in a real mind space of, of what their character's going through?
0: Well, I mean, we, we, had, this, uh, we had this amazing uh, production designer, Barry Chussett, who, who built the environments of the pod, and he's a very talented guy. And, you know, we started off with some early references of what we wanted, and we wanted this environment that was literally going to physically change over the course of the film. And he just built these amazing things that looked like sculptures. I mean, uh, we actually, you know, they, they were just amazing environments to be in, let alone film in, although they were a little bit frustrating to film in um but really i mean i think i think it was just creating something that visually would work for me and at the same time you know help help jake out well duncan had this idea when he first read the script which
2: um there were these like i it's so hard to talk about the the movie if you haven't seen the movie you know so (laughs) the more you say the amazing ideas that are in the movie and there are five in particular that i have down that make the movie what i think is so, uh, makes it as special as it is, and the five ideas all came from Duncan coming on and bringing an interpretation of him. One of them is his interpretation of what the pod does, and I don't want to give too much away about what that is, but the pod has different personalities, and as a result of that, you know, again, variation is a thing that's um, and 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 as as we go farther and farther in the story, it obviously ch- the, the pod changes character, and so because of those ideas, my my character. Was constantly having to adapt to what Duncan gave me, and uh, I never really saw what the that world looked like until we got on set. We also shot in a um, like it wasn't even a, a soundstage. It was like a what was it? It was like this abandoned <laughs> warehouse with like feral cats running around and stuff. <laughs> Like, in this really seedy part of Montreal, yeah, where like everyone was like, oh you're shooting there, they shoot movies there, <laughs> they shoot people there <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so there was this, there was that whole thing going on
3: in that world
2: yeah so michelle in your
3: your character's is again, without giving too much away in in some kind of relationship with um, the character that Jake is playing to a certain degree, so Am I giving too much away? I'm so nervous that I'm talking out of turn here. Uh, anyway, thank you, you guys for you, so
0: yeah, so coming. I got a free iPad.
1: <laughs>
0: That's why I'm here.
2: I actually appreciate all of you being here, and
0: yeah. I um, really
3: enjoyed
2: this experience so far.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, so what, let's let's think that.
0: So let's try that again. Yeah, let's
3: try that again. Um, you and Jake are are in a relationship, but you're sort of new to each other at the same time.
1: Yeah, we're we're new to each other. You know, I uh I guess I can say sort of what my backstory is and it'll kinda of give you maybe some I sort of everyone's
2: so inside. paranoid now. Like I think I can talk about that. We can talk about the, exactly. like, the story between the two of yeah.
1: But uh, you know, I imagine uh, you know, thematically for me it's I'm sort of the um kind of it's the relationship is sort of the, you know, kind of at the heart of this, this movie, and it's really kind of about living life to your fullest. And uh, imagine that I'm, I'm kind of a gal on a, you know, that takes the commuter train to a job she doesn't like every day, and she sits across from the same people and then takes the train home to... Um, a relationship that doesn't really fulfill her that much, and uh, you know, sometimes you strike up a conversation with somebody that's a total stranger, and in somebody it's, else's body. In somebody else's body, that's hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, sometimes a stranger can inspire you in ways and shed light, you know, uh, on your life, and uh, and this is sort of. The beginning of, of their relationship. Um, when, you know, I think that she's probably sitting in, in the mirror at home going, Oh my God, I took his advice. Wait till I'm, I'm going to get on that train. I'm going to tell him this morning I took his advice. And, and that's sort of the beginnings of, of this relationship. If that kind of so she
3: Yeah. So she started, you know, so she had met and, and in previous days had been talking to Ryan which I think is okay. Sean, I'm sorry. And then um, the next day is Coulter, so it's a different kind of...
2: George. I'm
3: just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If
2: you're not confused, I'm sorry.
3: (laughs)
0: I'm
2: sorry if you're not confused. So as the movie progresses, I mean,
3: uh, Jake's character has, you know, eight minutes um, to kind of... But he's continuing on, so he's falling in love with you as he goes along, but Mm -hmm. you already have kind of an established base with... Mm -hmm. Another person, mm-hmm. but then do you play at the end that you start to maybe almost see through the Sean and almost see to the Coulter,
0: or was that something you said just play it as? as
3: you know, I as think what? I think
0: there there was a number of drafts of the script, mm-hmm. and I know that there was a time in the script where um, the two characters Coulter and Christina hadn't actually they didn't know each other, and so the relationship was was starting from scratch. You know, pretty much every eight minutes for, for Christina, mm-hmm. for Michelle's character. And, and we, f- I know, I think, I think Ben found a way to at least have them already have an established relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, really helps, helps the mm-hmm. film because you can immediately believe that a relationship which already exists can be taken to another level over a, over a fairly short period of time. And I think that was really important mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. To, to get that balance right. Mm-hmm. You
2: know, I, what's amazing actually about, what Michelle does is that and what I think is an interesting idea in it is that so often you know love brings out you know the the best in people the strength in people you know the confidence to do something you wouldn't normally do and I always like to think of the fact that you know when when people find relationships that they end up you know hopefully end up spending the rest of their lives in you know that there's that part of that person that that makes them feel anew like they're reborn you know that's something and, and I think it's a great irony, but it's an interesting thing that we always joke. Well, what happens to Sean Fentress? You know, but what what's your stock answer?
3: <laughs>
0: we shouldn't give. That all oh right. yeah, right. we can't even say that. <laughs> if you had seen the movie, we could talk. Um, you, you, this conversation would be so funny. If you'd seen the movie, really, <laughs> oh,
2: but like that happens. People, people. That, that happens. It's a feeling, and, and on, on at least as actors, that was the interesting feeling to to explore was sort of this guy she sees and she's always seen this way, there's a line, I, th- I think in a clip that is maybe even in the trailer, I don't know, but I've seen a clip of it where she says, like, who are you and what did you do with
0: Sean Fentress? And I go, it's the new me. Well, I mean, I, the, the, the balance that was, that was in the script and the, the balance was the fact that it, 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 had, it had those really sort of heartfelt moments and yet it also had the, the thriller and the mystery and the action. And I think that's, that's what at least really got me excited about it. It feels like one of those movies
2: that you hear people, you know, try and market or try and talk about it and they say it's got a little bit of everything, you know? <laughs> and we say that cuz it's true here, and everyone's like, "Okay, we've heard that before." But it really does. I mean, it has those that it doesn't work without the other piece this movie. Like the thriller doesn't work without the romance, obviously, and vice versa, you know, and the psychological components don't work without the sci-fi. And it's a rare thing and it's true. What's amazing about what he what he's done is that you understand what's happening the entire time, which is very rare for a film like this. Usually, they get caught up in a million different ideas, and Duncan is, tells such a clear, honest story in the middle of all of it. Sorry to weirdly, like, compliment you in front of all these people. And, and I got a free iPad. <laughs> I actually just appreciate all of you that already. Speaking
3: so. of everybody here, we'd love to throw it open to some audience Q&A, so if you have a question, just put your hands up. We have somebody with a mic. And we'll get over to you.
0: We'll come out to you. We're going to keep our questions (laughs) limited to those
3: about filmmaking and acting. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hi. um, So, uh, you know, with like the new thing in Hollywood, I'm big fans of all of you guys, but that goes without saying. Um, You know, the new thing in Hollywood is like this alternate reality. Um, We've seen Sucker Punch, Inception, maybe because the economy is so bad. But I want to (laughs) know what makes this movie, like, if you had like a minute to tell someone what makes this movie so different from the other ones, what why go
0: see it? You know, if that's like the thing now. Because you care about the people in it. I think that's the I think that's an immediate answer I can give you is is that as much as I admire and enjoyed those other films, I really think that for for most of those other films, the focus is on on the the MacGuffin, on the on the on the sci-fi you know twist or the sci-fi idea or conceit, and and our film has that, but it's really about the people, and you're actually going to empathize and care about about Coulter, and you're going to care about Christina, and um and it's a world filled with people that you actually you know give a shit about.
3: And if I may, it's a smart movie. I mean, I've seen a lot of the movies you're talking about, and not to name anyone specifically, but this is a really smart action-packed kind of movie that we, frankly, need a little bit more of. So that's a great reason to see it right there is to support kinds of movies like these instead of the kind of movies where you come out and you're like, why did I spend $12 to see
2: that? So, 13,
1: yeah. We have another question right if over here. If you want to
2: spend 14 or $15 on it, and just give extra, that's totally fine, too. Don't be bashful. We
1: it's have just, another question over here on your left-hand it. side.
2: Um, I was me. gonna ask Michelle if she wanted to go to prom with me, but my new qu- <laughs> my new question is, um, considering how critically acclaimed Moon was, and like how good Sam Rockwell was, and how good the score by Clint Mansell was, do you think it was disappointing that it it wasn't more, it didn't receive more awards and, and such?
0: Um, I was incredibly, you know, fortunate to get to make a film in the first place. Um, You know, it's it's hard. You know, it's incredibly hard work to get to make a movie. And the fact that I got to make a movie and people like Jake and Michelle and, and I know Vera Farmiga and Jeffrey Wright saw that movie. And that was a reason for them to want to work with me. I'm you know, I've won. That's good. I'm happy. You know, the awards are lovely, and, and, and I know that everyone who worked on the film is incredibly proud of, of, of the success of the film, but really, it's, it's, for me, it's much more important that the people I want to work with get to see it and want to work with me afterwards. Another one here in the second row in the front.
2: Um, I want to be an actor, so what's some inv- advice can you give for someone who wants to be an actor?
0: I, I, is there something I, wrong
2: with you? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 then it's a good path to go down. If you no, I'm just, just
0: kidding.
1: I think probably the most important thing. I mean, and I tell myself this still to this day is just persevere. You know, if it's really what you want to do, go for it. You know, and and study or you know whatever whatever you can do, just follow that path if that's what you want to do, and and just keep going. You know, and really believe in yourself
2: yeah doing it right, I think when you do when it feels right is just about uh listening listening to listening to other people and being mm-hmm. present with other people mm-hmm. that 's what they always say about acting and so if you can do that in the scenes that you're doing or you can do that with the people you work with and then it comes out into your life, you know then that's the best advice that I can give, and it's really hard to do. And they're only, uh, uh, it's really hard to do. And uh, so good luck. I don't want to give you some really stupid... Not to do well, not (laughs) just to do. I mean, and it's constantly, you're trying to get present all the time and you you don't do it nine-tenths of the time.
0: I don't want to give you really stupid but very practical advice, but go find places to act. I mean, literally, go to your local film schools, places like that, places where they want actors. Sorry? Oh, fantastic. Okay, so you're already a step ahead ahead of the game for most people. Sounded like a. Uh, what's that? That's got all, folks. <laughs> sorry about that. I had to stutter. I'm had a stutter so moment. sorry about him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have another question right in the middle.
1: Hi, this actually for Duncan. Uh, when you're directing this, obviously you said eight minutes. Is there a particular symbol behind it? Because eight is infinity so this movie got to be a non-stop will it end and also the other thing as well what if it's not eight minutes what if it's ten minutes what's going to happen
0: i would love to be able to take credit for the eight minutes especially with the infinity sign which you which you mentioned it's 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 a it's a lovely connection there unfortunately i can't take credit for that um ben ben ripley who wrote the script worked on a couple of different Time periods that it could, I think it was like 15 or 17, 17 minutes original, at one point. Yeah. And, and what they found is that while they were working on the script, it's too much time. You, know, you lose the sense of pace and tension if it takes that much time. And if you get any shorter than eight minutes, you can't really, you can't really do anything. There's not enough time to, to actually do anything which is going to change the, the, the nature of what's going on. So, eight minutes was kind of a balance that they, they found. But I, I love the fact that it, that it looks like the infinity sign, absolutely. And eight repeats
2: a lot more than just for the eight minutes. Eight repeats a lot of times this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it does.
0: Way over here on your far
3: right. Hi, this question is for uh, Jake and Michelle. How much time did you have to mentally prepare for your roles? You mentioned there was a week's rehearsal prior to filming. Was there any preparation prior to that?
1: We sh- after we read together, we, um, we got going on it pretty quickly. I think within a f- three weeks, maybe, we were in Montreal and we were rehearsing. Um, but that was pretty intensive. Um, and for something that kind of maybe appeared on the page as very little preparation, actually required a, a lot a significant preparation and real constant focus throughout the whole entire movie. Um, you know, we, we had to be very careful, but we didn't want to pull things necessarily from um, other source codes because we really wanted to have an arc, an emotional arc. And so we wanted to have a, a a differentiating sort of experience, if you will, in in each source code, so from the very start, I think you and I especially were were pretty clear about where i I specifically needed yeah. to go as a character um, jake Jake had a sort of different relation to that
2: but i spent i spent i talked with a lot of helicopter pilots because um, my, my my character is a helicopter pilot, um, and I, I thought it was really important just on a psychological level to understand how when you encounter a situation where you didn't understand what's happening obviously what what you would do and um so I, I i did a lot of research in terms of that and and also i had been with the script for a little while so just in terms of being a character in the movie that that moves along with the audience in a, in a thematic way which is different than just playing a character you know i yeah, i just whenever you think about the script or you're working on it you're always working on the character too um but we had you know I would say, actually, to be really honest to that question, I would say the research I've done for other film roles, actually, really helped me with this one, maybe three or four different ones, particularly my research with the military when I did this movie, Jarhead. You know, that, that, that philosophy, you know, that mindset was a, was a huge influence on this role. Another one way over here again. Come on up. A little closer for you. I heard that um, Duncan's going to direct the new Pac-Man movie. Is that true? After the social network, I think he is, right? Well, After the, the success of the know, social I, network. I
0: think seeing how exceptionally um, well-received social network was, I think it does open up a whole new area of, of filmmaking. I think Pac-Man would, would make an excellent...
2: So are you here <laughs> to announce officially that you're going to direct the Pac-Man movie? <laughs> starring Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> <laughs> and the graphics right up there actually that's what I'm going to be looking like in the movie so it's going to be fantastic we're really, ex- <laughs> we're really excited about it um, I'm really excited about it and uh, I'm going to be drawing on a lot of roles I've played in other movies to play Pac-Man <laughs> I just wanted to know so research starts now oh my and God. thank you guys so much we're all so excited and um, April Fools <laughs>
1: we've got another question straight ahead Hi, uh this question's for Jake. You've had the opportunity to work with so many talented actresses over your career like um Anne You're Hathaway, like, oh, yeah. M- <laughs> I know <laughs> Anne Hathaway, um Michelle of course, and Natalie Portman. Who's who have you had the best experience working with? Would you Watch say? yourself, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs>
2: by best experience, what do you mean by that? Uh, what I would say uh is... Well, definitely not Michelle. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, e- e- each one of them brings their own special... Th- <laughs> you want to sing a what, little song, Jake? <laughs> I just want to say um, uh, this iPad is going to be worth it. Okay. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is that <clears throat> everybody obviously is all, always different and we have different interactions in all of it. And the thing with Michelle uh, is that I've never met anybody who improvises... As extraordinarily well as she does, I mean, I take her lead in that world, and that is something that none of the other actresses I've worked with can do as well as she does, and um, and as a result, I mean, think about that. That's literally like flying, and you turn the engine off, you know, and um, it, and also like the one thing I can say, and this is not in any way to separate her from uh, the other people I've worked with, but. What was so important about this character that she plays in this movie is that the second you see her in this movie, you have to believe that she is good, that she has a wonderful heart, that she is somebody you would risk your life for, that she is someone you would devote your life to. And to have that in the presence of a moment without saying a word is impossible, really. And we did find it in her, so she's got
1: it. That's very, that's very sweet. If, if you don't get a free iPad, I should buy you one. <laughs>
0: and we have time for two more questions. The first one is right here. Hi, my uh,
3: question goes to Duncan. Um, do you have any advice for young people like me uh, who want to uh, get a career in the filmmaking business, and can you potentially
1: uh, sign my copy of Moon?
0: <laughs> uh, just go out there and just, try. <laughs> just
1: walk on the just hands. Go out there
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, my advice would be: uh, get together a group of like-minded friends. That's that's really you know that was that was a, a huge help to me when I was starting out with Moon. Um, you know, find people that that are great musicians, great artists, uh, people who want to be editors. You'll even find a couple of crazy people out there who want to be producers. And, and, you know, bring them together and, and, and that will give you momentum, you know, to actually get projects made. Because it is so hard to do it on your own. And you don't need to do it on your own. There are people out there who are just as creative as you, and, but who have different interests in, in that arena, in filmmaking. And, and you have so much more momentum if you have a group of you trying to do it together. And yes, of course, advice. I'd be happy to sign the thing.
2: I would say the best directors I've worked with always have the people who they started with around them, mm-hmm. even when they're making movies that they've made... Ten movies you know mm-hmm. they always have the people they say oh this is my friend since when I worked with Jim Sheridan he has his friend from years ago he will not make a movie without him and it's exactly mm-hmm. what Duncan's saying so uh, he, that's really good advice mm-hmm. from what I can it's see great advice. Yeah. we have our last question all the way back here okay. hi Duncan <laughs> uh, I was just wondering if you were going to continue making films with sort of like that theme of isolation like moon and you know and this one too
0: um, I, I, to, in all honesty, no, I don't think so. I'm, I'm. Um, Pac Man's all about isolation. <laughs> what do you mean he's got his four, he's blue, his way out his of isolation. four blue buddies chasing after him? Um, no, my 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 next film is gonna be a sci-fi film that involves a, a group of people. It's very much an ensemble, kind of a gang on a mission so' uh, i 'm not always going to do those kind of movies i think I'm, i've i 've done two of them now, and I think I, I think I, I know what it was that I wanted to capture so and I think I got it so uh, I think it's time to time to move on a little bit. Did you ever have any hesitation about taking
3: on a, a movie that had some of the same thematic elements as um as Moon, or were you
0: just like, eh? You know. I didn't even know. I didn't even realize. When I was reading the script, I mean, I know it's obvious you know, in retrospect, but when I was reading the script, I was so excited about the things which I thought were different about Source Code and Moon. The fact that I was going to be working with more than one actor you know, after Moon was very exciting. Um, the, the fact that we were going to be doing all of these action scenes and, and the pace of it, I loved how fast it was, and Moon's you know, much more thoughtful and, and, and slower paced. Um, so, no, it was the, it was the differences. But I think, I think Jake was the one who probably recognized some of the similarities which made, maybe made him think that I would be the right person to direct m- to Source Code. I, I just think this is like, I just think when,
2: I, I wasn't a, it wasn't a thing of theme or anything. It was just a sense of, uh, how can I describe it? Like, you know when you feel from somebody, and I, I think it's amazing because the response we're getting from the movie has to do with the, the essence, the feeling inside of it which is what Moon had too, which is like a weight, which is, you know, um, it's very hard to put into words, but that's what I felt from Moon. And it wasn't like that there were thematic similarities, like a theme of isolation and, oh, this guy does isolation really well. It was like, this guy makes movies really well. And a movie really well. And so that was all. Movies but it's now, true. now. Movies two now. Movies. <laughs> two movies. But I mean, come on. This guy's made two movies and they're really good. So the guy knows what he's doing. Um, some people can't even make half a movie really well. Um, so that, yeah, that was, it, I can't, I, I always just say there's this low hum in, in, in a Duncan Jones movie. It's like this low hum that kind of like gets you and sort of, Eats away at you, and also weirdly comforts you at the same time. And the only other directors that I have feelings like that with are like some amazing directors I've worked with. Oh no, <laughs> he hates it when I say Duncan Jones is exactly like Ang Lee.
0: Who I worked with it's on just the movie. way I walk, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, but it's you just feel a sense of a voice, and that's it wasn't about isolation or similar themes. It was just about somebody who really knew how to make a movie.
3: I think that's a great way to wrap up our conversation. On behalf of everybody here, I'd like to thank Jake Gyllenhaal, Go Michelle see the Monahan, director Duncan fun. Jones. <laughs> thank you, guys. Source Code, <laughs> thank, thank you. For today. <laughs> thank you today. Thank so you so me. much. Thank you. Thank,
1: thank you again thank one more time to Jake Gyllenhaal, Michelle Monaghan, and Duncan Jones. Guys, the film,
2: Source Code, it opens today. Go see it tonight, right now, then see it again, enjoy it. Uh, we hope to see you all at the next event, whenever that may be. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful weekend.